What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the most pretentious episode of Screenshots, the drinking game movie podcast. Today, we're going over all the Oscar-nominated movies and all no, that. No, 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 no. The Oscar-nominated movies that were nominated for Best Picture only. For Best Picture only? Yeah. Okay. You, you thought well, we were going to go through every single how many, Best how Picture? Many, how many movies are in the Oscars? Like a bunch. Yeah, I had Do you know no how many idea. categories they have? They have hair. Hair? They have and, best and, hair? And makeup. Do they really have best hair as a category best, for the Oscars? Best makeup and hairstyling. Yeah, they I had they no have idea one that. for best yeah. original song. Because that's the only reason people watch the Oscars is to just see them dance on, on Can stage. I, we got to start by saying I don't. I hate the Oscars. Yeah, they are. They're, they're fine. They used to be cool, but now it's like, eh, I don't care anymore. Well, after well, I, uh, the Oscars were really fun in 2019 when Parasite won, and people were like actually cared because that was like the last year where people saw actually saw the movies that were nominated because you had like Joker and Parasite and movies that actually made hundreds of millions of dollars. But um, and then obviously nobody in 2020, nobody watched any of yeah, the no, no one cares. So like, that I also was, didn't see Parasite. That was a giant drop off. Like I even I I saw like maybe three of the movies that were nominated, but then this year I saw. Also, yeah. So this year, I've seen all of them except one, and I'm gonna do a. We're gonna do a thing right now. If you guess correctly, what movie I didn't see, oh, I take a shot. Okay. But, you, but or yeah, but if you don't, you have to take a shot. Okay, you're gonna give a list of movies. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna name them out. Yeah, because I have no me, idea what we're doing. Tell me which one I didn't do. Okay, so I'll tell you which one you you didn't do. Um, all right, ready? Yeah, go ahead. Best picture. Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. What were the first four? Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car. It's either Belfast or Coda. I'm going to guess it's either Belfast or Coda. Which one? Fuck, Amanda, which one should I pick? Hurry uh, up. I'd pick Coda. Damn it! <laughs> it's on Apple TV. I don't. I don't have Apple TV. Yes. 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 Anyway, yeah. So we're doing all the Oscar, the best pictures. So basically, I'm just gonna give a rundown of the movies and how they did and what about them and stuff like that oh, and all that man, jazz. I'm gonna awesome. give my overall, overall thoughts on the movies and then I'm gonna go, Hey, Mark, what did you think about that movie? And then he'll go, Nom, 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 nom. Yeah. And yeah, then go we'll go on to the next one. But what we're gonna do is instead of taking instead of uh, picking five words that one that one of us has to say to take the shots, what we're gonna do instead. Is I'm gonna tell him, okay, Belfast. Did it make under or over ten million dollars? And then if Mark gets it correctly, I have to take a shot. If he gets it wrong, he has to take a shot. So I'm gonna take my shot. This is gonna be the most drunk Johnny's ever got. Where's wait? Where's oh? Did I drink the whiskey last time? You drank whiskey. I just grabbed whatever was there. It's it's whiskey. Okay. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I totally, I totally forgot. All right, so let's get. I'll get. I'll I'll get started. So the first. Uh, movie we got on our list is Belfast, which was written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, the runtime is an hour and 38 minutes. I think it's the shortest out of all the Oscar-nominated movies this year. Um, it's from Focus Features, distributed fuck, <laughs> distributed by Universal. The budget, I don't know what the budget is, but um, it's a smaller movie. It's like an indie movie. And um, I call this, I call this uh, Kenneth... I'm listening. I call this Kenneth Branagh's Roma. I don't know. What the, I Do you know, know what Roma that. is? I have no idea. Roma is Roma was a movie that came out in 2018, written and directed by Alfonso Cuarón, and it's basically the same thing. It's like, oh, it's a black and white movie about a childhood thing that happened to him, very personal, blah blah blah, and all that jazz. 
And it's basically just a story that happened from his childhood, which is basically what this movie is, too. And both of them are exactly as good as the other is, which is fine. They're both fine. This movie's fine. It's okay. What did you rate Don't out of 10? Don't worry about it. Um, I'll give that at the end. Um, but uh, I think there's a lot of good in it. I appreciate Oh, yeah. You want to? Here, I, I'll talk, and then you get the napkin. I just didn't want to Oh, yeah. I'll go get the was, napkin. But um, I think there's a lot of good in it. I appreciate that it's, uh, it's very personal to Kenneth Branagh. You can see that, and I like that about it. But I put on the this like the quick thing on Letterbox like it feels pers- uh, personal, but you can only feel it can only a movie can only feel so personal until it starts to become you know self indulgent like self fulfilling and kind of and it like exclusive where you're like okay this is I feel it, 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 a lot of it feels like it's not for the benefit of the audience it feels like it's like a little bit for the like benefit it's a of therapeutic the kind yes of. which could be good but it's like when you hammer that home too hard you know but. I do think it's a little, you know, it is very pleasing, a very pleasing of a movie, even though sometimes it kind of, you know, since it since it, it kind of feels like a like a loose thread of like a memory, like a bunch a, a loose thread of a bunch of childhood memories that are somewhat connected, and sometimes like editing wise, like there'll be like a scene where you're like, okay, this is the start of a scene, and then it'll just cut, and you're like, oh, it's this kind of weird jarring like uneven type thing, which is I don't know if that works fully or not, but. It, it does have something that has it does have something going for it in that sense the way it's edited, um, but the kid the the kid who plays baby Kenneth Branagh, and by baby Kenneth Branagh I mean like eight year old Kenneth but he's fantastic in it and Syrian Hines who plays the grandfather is also fantastic in it and he's nominated the 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 Syrian Hines is, is nominated for best supporting actor this movie was nominated for I think seven Oscars including best picture I think this is one of, probably one of the Ones that'll probably win, out of three, which I'll I'll get to the other ones, but um, so yeah, and the, oh yeah, let me give you the logline. Hold on. Yeah, explain. Second. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that part. You were like money, money, rated I got money. To the money. I want the money. There you go. All right, it's a young boy and his working class Belfast family experience the tumultuous late sixties, and there's a lot of scenes like do uh, one of the things that well I can't I can't really go into that, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Don't look at my... I'm not looking... I can't even read... I can't read upside down, first of all. And I can't read your ha- handwriting, second of all. And we all know that. Uh, was it really that bad? That was terrible. Yeah, it's a good... It's, ah. I've, I've heard that's... Uh, ah. Oh, wait, this? no, this is what I had last time. No, you had no. Johnny Walker. Oh, yeah, where's the Johnny Walker? Do you want the Johnny Walker? Yeah, but talk first. So... Okay. Yeah, go ahead. What? Did this movie, domestically, make under or over $10 million? That's how low it was, though. Possibly, yes. It was domestically because it also has a world a very well, strong I, foreign market too. Because it's uh, Belfast. I'm, I'm gonna say over. Let's take a shot. It made, uh, it made nine point one million domestically, forty two uh, million, forty two million worldwide. And I think it's probably pretty good because I can't imagine the budget being more than like twenty million. That's ridiculous. Which is fine, I guess. But it's also nominated for best. I because I, I was thinking, I was like, there's no way. It like, no, I, I okay, I fucked anyway, up. Yeah, so yeah, you fucked up hard. What anyway, if it was exactly ten. Would I still have to take a shot? I'm only doing half because you nah, only did half. But um, I mean, it, it, there's no way it'd be exactly ten million. It'd be ten million and one dollar. But um, <laughs> okay, I, I think, I, okay. So on the on the screenshot scale, I'm gonna give it. I it's too. It, there's a lot I like. There's a lot, a lot, a lot I like in it, but it's too much of a mixed bag of like, okay, I get it. This is kind of pretentious and blah blah blah. I was about to blow this off. But 
when you're with hot. Hmm. I would give it a. I think a six point eight is good. It's almost good. It's too much of a mixed bag to be a good movie for me to. I I would. I still recommend it though because it's interesting for. I want to see people's opinions. But I know what I realized about the screenshot score. Screenshot score six point eight. Boom. Put it up. I realized about the screenshot score is that. How you get it wrong every time? No. Every single time it, we we do a screenshot score, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's like a really good score for the movie. Like yeah, it, it it's pretty en- solid. Yeah, it ends up being like a fucking great way to do it. Like Chex- Texas Chainsaw Massacre definitely was a four point three, one hundred percent. Um. All right. What do uh? All right. What well, do we got next? Next. Well, that's uh, that's done with Belfast. Coda. Haven't seen it. I, Apple TV. Coda. I don't have like Apple TV. I'll you know I'll go. I'll just give it. I'll give the logline for those for the for the uh, explain it to the folks at home what it is. Yeah. Coda. It's an Apple TV movie. Comedy, drama, music. It's PG-13, an hour and 51 minutes long, directed by Sion Heater. And uh, as wait, hold on. as a coda, a child of deaf adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. Oh, that sounds cool. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing her love of music and wanting to go to the Berkeley College of Music and fear of abandoning her parents. That actually sounds fantastic. I'm really want to see that now. I don't have Apple TV, so I can't. But what are you going to do? Maybe it's, I'll... Maybe it's on Redbox or something. I do you know. mind if I? Because, like, imagine being so in love with music where you can't share it with your parents. Yeah, I want. I want to see this now. I think it's foreign language too. Yeah. But um, I would like to see that. Anyway, next one. Just don't look up. Wait, wait, wait. What's what? the, 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 are we doing the budget thing? No, because it's on Apple TV. There's no. There's no box office. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. Wait, what was it? Okay, hey, maybe don't I don't. Up. Maybe I won't get too drunk. Okay, don't look up. Well, you still have seven, six more movies. Nah, to I'll be right. But okay, so don't look up is from Adam McKay, um, and written by Adam uh, McKay, and uh, rated R. It's Netflix movie, so no box office for this one. Lucky, lucky ducky. I'm so lucky. Charged in eighteen minutes. So it's comedy, drama, sci-fi. Two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. Um, this is actually, I think, the second movie of all time to be nominated for best picture and get like a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. Has like a fifty something around tomatoes. What was that? The audience or the the uh, critics? What did, what did, what was the audience score? A little bit higher. Yeah, but um, I think that that was fresh, like maybe seventies, I guess. But has a great cast, and it it I had a cut I, like with Belfast. This movie was uh, really a mixed bag for me. Um, the budget is seventy five million, which is pretty pretty big for like an original concept movie, especially now. But it's on Netflix, so it's not that surprising. But um, I liked it a little bit, and. I one of the things I realized is like oh every time so Leonardo DiCaprio chooses movies very carefully now so that whenever he's in one it feels like an event like he's the only he's probably the only actor he's probably the only acting star left that like when he's in a movie that's what makes it an event basically like The Revenant you think so yes The Revenant well I understand what you're saying Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, okay maybe. Uh, don't look up like basically all of his movies I wouldn't say he's the only one left though name one more Tom Cruise. Yeah, but he, Jack Reacher. Nobody gives you're a right, fuck you're about you're right, you're right, you're right. What about, so, uh, yeah, no, you're right. Oblivion, who cares, you know? Like, but he's, because he's the one that he's at this level. Anyway, um, I think the movie. It, Johnny Depp. No. I don't know. Okay, continue. <laughs> that, was a, that was a terrible answer. I don't anyway. No. Okay. Man, that really, that really, that was such a, that really knocked me off court. That was such a terrible answer. I don't know. Anyway, so this movie, like, it's basically, it's one of those movies that's like, it goes after, it tries to go after everything, right? It goes after, like, almost, it touches almost every aspect of political culture now, which is such a tall order. So 
when you kind of take a scatter shot aim at some of the, at that at a target, yeah, you're gonna miss a few a, a few a few of the shells are gonna miss, which is inevitable. Um, I think it it did get a lot of stuff right in kind of portraying that kind of whatever it was trying to portray portray in a satire format, but there was a lot of stuff it got wrong that was just like way too on the nose. And sometimes I think it forgets to be funny. Like, it thinks it's a lot funnier than it is. I didn't laugh out loud once when I was watching the entire movie. I, like, never laugh when I watch comedies. Unless it's, like, some Monty Python thing. Yeah. Like, but unless it's literally, like, we're, we, we, we think this is one big joke, then I laugh. Otherwise, it's, like, I don't really laugh. Right. But the thing that really surprised me about this movie is I didn't expect a lot of... I didn't, ex- I didn't expect a lot of uh, people to watch it as much as they did. Like, all my, fr- all my friends are like, hey, have you seen Don't Look Up? I'm like, actually, I haven't. You guys have all seen it? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, mm. I, sh- I got to see this. Like, for some, there was a weird cultural thing that happened where people just watched it and watched it and watched it. A lot of people watched it. And it is weird who, who who people choose to watch because there was, like, as far as I know, there was, like, no, or at least I didn't see any um, advertisement for, like, marketing for this movie. Yet there's a lot of marketing for that new Ryan Reynolds, uh, Adam kid or whatever. Adam Project. Yeah, yet, like, no one watched that. Right. Well, no, that, a lot of people watched that. Really? Yeah. I didn't hear anything about it. Um... I said we should do that, by the way, but too late now. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, but let me see what else. Oh yeah, the me- the you know the metaphor. Like it's not really a spoiler. It's bit, bit, the whole movie is like a metaphor, an allegory. I don't know the difference between those words uh, thoroughly enough to explain it. Um, but it's basically an allegory for um, climate change and how like all oh, this is this impending thing is going to happen. Everybody's going to ignore it, and here's how it affects political stuff. Um, Everything's you know, Cass is great. I like seeing Leo. He did good. Jennifer Lawrence is fun. I like the, I like that. You know, I like that one scene. This isn't a spoiler. There's a scene where T- Timothy Chalamet goes, "I fucking love fingerling potatoes," which is good. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen this? Yeah, I saw it. Hey, what, I'll see it. What did you think? I I liked it. I I actually um really enjoyed the movie. I thought the ending was stupid. Um, I the only reason I didn't like it is because I actually would have rather taken itself more seriously. Like I, I, like, I know it was supposed to be a satire and supposed to be jokes and even not jokes, but, like, situational humor. Like, oh, that's that would never happen. That's ridiculous. Like, stuff like that. But um, I would have liked it to be taken more seriously. Like, um, uh, you ever see the movie uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World? No. You won't shut up about it. Though. I love that movie. I love that movie. I That was a great movie. I think if that movie, Don't Look Up, and, like, Armageddon were mixed together, it'd be, like, one of the best meteors or coming movie. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think I, it could have been more serious. Here's one thing I, I here's one thing to like further explain my like uh, you know my stance on like the whole satire thing. There was a lot of stuff like Adam McKay. I think he's pretty good, but I think he sometimes he like bites off more than he can chew when he's like because he comes from a comedy background. But when he tries to do like Big Short, he did everything perfect. And you look at something oh, like Vice, so good, so th- good. There's like scenes in Vice where like th- like there's at the end of Vice where. I've never um, seen Vice, by the way. Okay, this isn't... Well, this isn't... A, who, who cares? Oh, four years ago. There's a scene at the, like near the end of Vice where like this focus group is like arguing about Trump, and one of the guys is like, you're the one who elected a big orange Cheeto for president, and everybody's supposed to be like, he's done it, well done, like as a joke, and, and just like, like saying something joke. new. But it's, it's a shitty joke, and it's not saying anything new, yeah. and there was a lot of that in this, where I'm like, this isn't saying anything new. This isn't any... This isn't nu- nuance from anything I've seen before. Like, it's not different. Like, this is just... You're just adding to this bullshit mix of like you know, empty political Yeah, it's arguments. like when you, when you make a joke, I guess that's the thing, when you make jokes at the expense of someone who a shit ton of people hate already, it's like, yeah, I, don't, I don't really care. But if you make like a, an edgy joke about someone that like not many people hate, it's like, fuck, he's kind of right. That's kind of funny, you know? Like so many people hated like uh, Trump and stuff. That's like, 
Yeah, my my neighbor said that three times today. So it's like it doesn't even it's not even that right. Funny. Anyway, um, so yeah. So what's the uh, so that's don't look up. Um, obviously no box office it was Netflix. Yeah, yeah. But um, the next movie did I miss anything? I don't think so. Okay, next movie is oh, we're going through these alphabetically by the way. Oh, okay. Drive my car, which I watched today. It's a three hour long Japanese movie, directed by I'm gonna say. Guy's name as best as I can. I heard p- other. It's not that hard. Let me right try there. to say it. Let me Ras- try to say it. Rasuki Hamaguchi. Oh, Gucci. Gucci. I, I want to see. I want to see. Let me see it. Here. Okay. Uh, Razuki Hamaguchi. Yeah, Gucci. I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, not Ridley Scott who directed Gucci. This is a different guy. Um. So, okay. Drive by car. It's a three-hour-long drama Japanese movie. Uh, a renowned stage actor and uh, director learns to cope with his wife's unexpected passing when he receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima, which is a Chekhov play. And um, this has been met with like a bunch of cl- critical acclaim and stuff and is one of the favorites to win uh, Best Picture, along with Belfast and another movie, which I will say later. Um, but I wa- So I watched this today, and I thought the first 40 minutes were absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it, 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 I do think I, one of my problems, I, I watched the first 40 minutes, like, oh, this is going to be my favorite movie of the year, maybe, like behind, you know, Power of the Dog or something like that. Oh, I didn't write Don't Look Up. What, what do you mean? Don't oh, Look Up, 6.6. 6.6. Anyway, okay. um, but th- th- I feel like this one is a little too, like, it starts out very, very good, and then it kind of shifts to, like, another, uh, another stage in the story um, where it doesn't, it, the, the main conflict of the the first forty minutes isn't there anymore. It's like it, it's a different f- like phase of it, um, without spoiling it. But I feel like it gets a little too philosophical and inaccessible in some sense. Because like you have to understand the check, you have to understand Chekhov in some sense. To what's the logline? Did Did you read it? I just read it. But yeah. say it again because I want to drag my memory because I'm trying to listen to what you're saying while it's making a renowned a renowned stage actor and director learns That's to right. okay I remember that, yeah. learns to cope with his wife's unexpected passing when he receives an offer to direct a production. Of Uncle Vanya in Hiroshima, what, uh, which is an anti Chekhov play, and I and I feel like not knowing anything about Chekhov because I don't I don't read plays or anything. I hate plays. I feel like a lot of stuff went over my head, and it felt inaccessible and kind of exclusive. When I'm like, I don't know, oh, what yeah, like, like a lot what, of the, what the the first right, season you, of you Rick get, and Morty. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a joke. I'm making oh. a joke. But you get some sense of like you know what the story like you know what the story is and stuff like that. But uh-huh. th- but also it is very it, it, like. It does feel exclusive in that sense, but it feels inclusive, like racially or not racially, but uh, culturally. Culturally, because what? So what it is is basically he's putting on. This isn't really a spoiler. He's putting on a multilingual p- play. So there's some people that speak Korean. There's some p- people that speak Japanese. And there's one girl who is in the play, and she she speaks in sign language. And they have oh, subtitles cool. on the screen in the back. And I actually like that a lot. I like the I like the the cat the cast of like the actual play in the thing is actually they're very fun to watch. Very interesting. Even though some of the scenes where they're like acting out the like does this thing where like it'll show like an entire play scene acting out and it's like it's a little too tedious, but I feel like the wife's presence in the movie, I think the wife has the most uh, interesting premise in the movie, which is ba- or presence in the movie, which is basically the main one, which is you know how that affects him after he dies and grief and stuff like that. But I do I, f- I feel like it just it feels al- almost like a book, which I kind of like. This, the focus uh, of it, I think I get it kind of it kind of lingers and meanders like a book a little bit. Where it's like, okay, let's learn a little bit about this person and stuff. But it does feel like a movie where everybody has like a super depressing, interesting backstory, 
that once they say a big monologue about their life, it helps the main character in a way, like that kind of thing. It's like, okay, you don't meet that many people that have these crazy backstories. But anyway, but um, overall, I think I do think it was a good movie. And I and the, one of the things I liked about like a lot of people go, oh, it's, this movie's visually gorgeous, and it's like this movie, like sure it is. Like a lot of movies are like do that in like a awesome like in your face type of way, like oh look how awesome this shot is. But this one, it kind of like if you're not you don't notice how good the cinematography is unless you're paying attention because everything is everything's lit with like the very very soft light and it gives this like it gives this weird quality to it where it looks better the, the longer you look at it, which which is good because it let, it holds on on shots for a long time. I feel like it's hard for me. It's very to slow. I don't. I usually don't pick up on stuff like that when I watch movies. Mm-hmm. I feel like you—that's something you'd have to concentrate on, actually. Yeah. Well. Which I guess not is even like he's an idiot. Like you? No, like you. You have you you you're like the rain man. You're like oh, look at look at the lighting. Oh my gosh! What are you gosh, about? How dare you call me <laughs> one of those? Anyway, so what's uh what did it make or what's what am I doing? Oh yeah, so, yeah. So did this movie domestically? Yeah. Very acclaimed movie. Did it okay. make? Did it make under or over five million? How many movies do I have left after this one? Five. I feel like if I just keep choosing one, I'm gonna just just guess it. Under or over what would you say? Five. Domestically, I'll do over again. You're wrong. It was two to. Uh, uh, you gotta take another. Uh, Anyway, I do think it's a good movie and it's very worth checking out. Oh, even though it, I gotta a lot of the, a, a lot of the criticisms I just said are kind of like nitpicks a little bit that kept me from thinking. But though I think the wife is the the relationship between the wife and the husband is absolutely fantastic. Everybody should go watch this movie for the first forty minutes alone because even if the rest of the movie was just a black screen, how long is it? Three hours. Yeah. Oh, the rest shit. of the three hours after the first forty minutes is worth watching just to see the first forty minutes. So, um, and I will let's say I'll give that I'll give that movie. Can I guess your score? Yeah. 7. 8. 7. 6. <sighs> 7.8. 7.6. 7.6 out of 10. Boom. Screenshots close. rating for Drive My Car. Good movie. Good movie. All right, what's next? Next movie is yeah. Dune. Oh, so good. Yeah, Mark wouldn't shut up about this movie. Mark comes out of the theater when we saw the movie, right? And he goes, I never knew that Dune, the story of Dune, could be done with such majesty. <laughs> Literally that's not what, that's true. What he, that's what he told me. That is not true. That's what some other guys said. Anyway. Some, no, no, don't <laughs> leave me. Don't put that evil on me. No, some, oh, some other guys said Tony, that. My Tony Stark logo matches the sports hat. Oh, yeah. Look, you go. Anyway, okay. Good. Let's go. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, this was uh, uh, directed by Denis Villeneuve and written by Eric Roth Ooh. and John Spites, or Spates. One hour of two hours and 35 minutes. Um, the budget is $165 million, and it was one of the only successful day-and-date releases uh, of Warner Bro- uh, the Warner Brothers put out of HBO Max and theater releases at the, at the same day. Uh, it was, I think I'm pretty sure the only movie that made money back, maybe except for uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. It two. Was it had two. Such a good movie. I, I really I, liked it. I told like so many people to go see it in theaters. So yeah. many. Well, yeah, and that, there was a big push for that because it and it, a lot of its money came from the IMAX thing. I think it made seven. It's four. I think it had like a forty million dollar opening weekend, and seventeen million of that was from IMAX screenings. But I re- the one the main thing I talked about this movie is I really admired it for having it for being this kind of a tourist, even sort of like art house movie, while still being an audience 
you know, a, a, an appealing blockbuster. Can you explain to what broad audience means to me? Like an indie movie, like a like it a felt indie to you. Like in, indie in the sense that it had an, uh, a strong artistic style that was that wasn't compromised by a studio. Well, isn't that like the big thing where the director was like, "I have complete and total control, and I'm yeah. making this world exactly how I see it," and he made it so. Well. I don't know if that was the case, but it's, it definitely feels like it. It's a similar case to Matt Reeves with the Batman. Yes, yeah. Well, I don't know if they That's had complete. I don't know if they had complete artistic integrity, but it feels like they did, which is good. And if the the, the CGI particularly, I think that I think that they should win the Oscar for best visual effects. If Spider Man wins, I'm gonna be pissed because there's a lot of bad CGI in that. But Marvel always has shit. There's CGI. May, arguably one shot in Dune where you're like, okay, is that is that fake? Everything oh, it's else the, is the balloon. Yes, everything else is absolutely fantastic. It feels it feels great. It's amazing, and. Um, but I like I said, it's it, ha- it 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 explores the line between, you know, being artistically honest and being uh, accessible to broad audiences, which I really enjoyed. Um, Jason Momoa is always giving Timothy Chalamet a pat on the chest, going, "Hey, boy, what's going on?" You know, Doing I one of these in that one scene. I I didn't see Avatar, the, like the Blue People movie, in theaters. I would imagine I felt the same way I did about Dune of seeing that in theaters. Because I've never before felt like I was actually transported to a different world until I saw Dune, you know? Mm. Like, that that was a big deal for me. Because I'm 24, and I've never experienced that, like, much immersion. Right. Yeah. And it, and th- it does, it do, the, scale, the, the sense of scale it has is, like, so, it, like, Bro, first so of all, it's good. so good. But, like, sometimes with scale in movies, like, I remember, like, like, uh, like a, a notable example is, like, the original Godzilla, or not the original, Godzilla in 1998, where... It That's was like, with is he uh, thirty feet tall or is he three hundred feet tall? Like his his size changes every two seconds. Like oh yeah, sh- yeah. The sense of scale is way off, and a lot of movies have that. Where you're like, wait, how big is this? But in this movie, the sense of scale is giant. It's Comple- so good, so giant, and it's oh, it's it always feels. It's, oh my god, like there's. If you have the means, rent out an IMAX and have them play it. Honestly, if you, if some millionaire is watching this, well, the only person you probably, right the now, only person who can do that is probably Christopher Nolan. Yeah, probably. But, Anyway, so yeah, so this is a this is a great movie, Mark. Did this make over or under a hundred million? Over or under a hundred million dollars domestically at the box office? Over. All right, good. How much did it make? Three hundred eighty domestically. No. What is it? Made four hundred eight. Made four hundred million it, worldwide. It, oh, okay, that's why I fucked and up. And a hundred eight of that was domestic. I Fuck! Up. I really underestimated. I fucked up. I fucked that up. Yeah, you totally fucked. I should have said under because I was thinking about. Oh worldwide. my god! I should. I should. Oh. You're an idiot. You're not good person. You're so dumb. All right. <laughs> so I'll take a shot. Take give me, a give shot. Me, give bitch. me the Johnny Walker. Why don't you Johnny walk over there and get me some Johnny Walker? Anyway, my rating for Dune. Wait, I want you to try this. Did you try this? No. I want you to try this. No. Hold on. Let me see what my rating for Dune is really quick. You'll cut. You'll cut the silence out. Yeah, I'll think about cutting the silence out. Shut up. Wait. What did we... Pour my drink for me, please. Yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Ready? My rate... Oh, fuck. My... All right, I didn't give it a rating. Awesome. I'm going to say Dune 8.4. Which is great. Which is a great score. It's a great score. It's a really great score. It's a solidly great, great movie. I th- Dune is fucking fantastic. Well, what, I can't remember what I gave it, though. You probably gave it like a 10, the bitch. I probably did. Anyway. Well, coming well, from someone who doesn't give movies 10, you literally I said have that. given 19 movies 10s out, wow. of, out of 1,400 that I've seen. 
Um, all right. So the next movie is King Richard, and boy, do I have something to say about this movie. Wait, is this the one where they the knights and they fight each other? No, this is Will Smith, the senior William, the William sisters' tennis dad. Oh shit! Yeah. So this movie that looks good. They okay. So they kneecapped the release of this movie because they did the same day release thing on HBO Max and theaters, right? So it's fifty million dollar movie. Didn't do good. It bombed because they put it on HBO Max. It was on HBO Max for months. And I was like, yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And then we did this. And you're like, hey, we got to do this. And then I'm like, okay, let me go watch this movie. And I finally go to watch this damn movie uh, on HBO Max. And I go on HBO Max. It's not there. This is on This is on Thursday. No, on Wednesday. Wednesday. I go Wednesday night. I go, I'm like, HBO Max. Here we go. King Richard. I type it in. It's not there. It's not on HBO Max. I look it up. It's not on HBO Max. I have to... You have to rent it for five bucks or buy it for eight. So I'm like, screw it. My they parents, lost so much money. Well, yeah. So I don't. I don't know. But I, I decided. I'm like, you know, screw it. I'll buy it if it's good, which it probably will be. I'll show it to my parents, and then they can watch it twice. Don't even worry about it. It's fine. We they can watch it whenever they want. Then half. I'm a half hour into the movie. I buy, I buy it for eight bucks. I'm a half hour into the movie. My parents come home. They watch the rest of it with me. So now there's no reason I bought it because we all watched it, basically. And then I do. I get home. I get home at 3 a.m. last night, and I go to turn on All the President's Men because I, I I choose movies every once in a while to like have playing in the background when I sleep so I can get like a, a you know a hit from it sort of. You're mean so Mac. I go to put All the President's Men on HBO Max, and King Richard is on the top page of HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> they put it back on the day after I paid not eight eight or nine dollars for it. Man, it sucks to suck. Huh? Anyway, great movie though. It's really fun. Did you like it? Yes, I did like it a lot, actually. It looked like it was going to be good. Yeah. I wanted to see it. I think uh, people were like, oh, this is Will Smith's, like, he really wants that Oscar. It's like, yeah, sure, but he's still Will Smith, and I still think he's really great in it. And he, not, there's not, like, he, every scene he's in is, like, absolutely, this, this movie's never boring. It's two and a half hours long, and it's never boring, and I really enjoyed every second of it. And um, there's a lot of, uh, I was always emotionally in sync with all the characters, and, and it does have a lot of, new, like, a, a lot of very strong perspectives about, you know, it's not like, it, it, just because it was it was approved by like the Williams sisters doesn't mean it's like oh look how great their dad is and look how great the Williams sisters are. It's like there's, they, it does it does put in a lot of the criticisms about his character, um, which I really you, enjoyed. That was very nuanced, even like even like familial too. Do you think that there was a, like there's the sisters had enough like knowledge of what their father was like like behind the scenes to like accurately depict him? Probably, but I'm sure they like they weren't. It was still written by somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure they weren't. All right, like I don't. And like, it cost fifty million. Yes. Oh yeah. How much? Okay. So guess how much this made domestically. Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Uh, let me let me let me remember. Um. Okay. So budget was fifty. <laughs> the budget was fifty million. And did it make over or under twenty million? Well, you said a bomb, and anything under fifty is I, I'd consider a bomb. So I mean, like, but it, uh, uh, under twenty. Fifteen million. You're correct. <laughs> Made fifteen million domestically and thirty-eight million worldwide. Hell, they yes. kneecapped the release of this movie. It should have made at least a hundred million worldwide. All right. Anyway, how'd um, you like that whiskey? By the way, it's fine. Don't even worry about you it. D- it doesn't. Don't even worry, don't even worry yeah. about it. About it, but it, this movie was weird in some sense because, like, tennis is a if you watch tennis on TV, it's actually kind of like very entranced. Like, you start, yeah, it's dump, cool, dump, yeah. Dump. 
and it's actually like very easy to like slip into watching. But I felt like in the, like uh, the tennis scenes are good and satisfying in this. But there's some like a, there's some moments where like like this should be a heavier moment. Like the where the the camera almost feel or the way it's shot or like presented almost feels like too laid back and uninvolved in what's going on. Like there'll be a yeah. super important like thing that happens where I'm like, they should have cut to a close up there. Like we needed to hold on a long close up so we can see this character's decision. That's not that's being conveyed visually because there's no diet. Like there's one scene where I'm not this doesn't spoil anything. Where Will Smith, Will Smith's character is watching TV and he decides something, but they don't give that moment enough room, and it kind of takes away the point of the decision he's making. Where I'm like, the... if they just held on a close up for him longer, I would have, I would have given me more time to understand. I don't like, you know, if the camera feels too uninvolved or too afraid to like get into the nitty, like get closer to the character sometimes. What's like the last? Excluding this one, what's the last good movie Will Smith was in? Like where it's like that moved me, like that mm. meant something. Shit, was it? It. I I know what it is. What? It's Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, it, it, that's it, a. Th- there's an argument for Seven Pounds, but I don't know when that came out. That uh, Pursuit of Happiness was like 2005, I think, and, and Seven and Pounds. I'm gonna get Seven Pounds was in 2007. So then maybe it would have been Seven Pounds then. 2008. Damn it. Well, I am legend. I am legend was good. No, I am legend is good, but like that's like I d- I cry when they, whenever he whacks his dog. I want I, I I cried watching a clip from Pursuit of Happiness. Mm-hmm. I, I cry all. Oh, the time. when they give him the job. No, I cried when I w- the bathroom scene. All right, so he, w- <laughs> Will Smith was in Bad Boys for Life, Spies in Disguise, where he turns into a bird, Gemini Man with a funny Gemini <laughs> Gemini Cricket Bro, Man. I never to- saw that. Oh, he was in Aladdin. He was in Aladdin. He was in Aladdin. That was okay. a great movie. I actually, I didn't. See I it. really enjoyed that movie. You need actually. to talk to Adam about Gemini Man. Why? I, so I haven't he, seen it. I've never seen it. He makes fun of that movie like there's no tomorrow. Like Focus is good. Focus. Yeah, with him and Margot Robbie, 2015. That's a good movie. Anyway. Um, so what do you think about this movie? Would you watch it? Does it sound like would I? Watch? Yeah, I wanted to watch it when I saw the trailers for it. So I don't. Nothing you said would maybe not want to watch it. Um, it's probably not something I'd sit down. Like, I don't have a lot of time to sit down and watch movies right now. But I feel like this is something I get bored halfway through, though. Mm. I don't think so. I think it because halfway through it make, takes this turn where it's like, oh, this is even, this is gonna be even better than what I've been seeing. It has a little bit of a weird structure to it and the way it, like, kind of its plot moves, but um, the girls who play this William Sisters are great. Like, basically, everybody's great. John Bernthal's in this movie, uh, and he is John so Bernthal. fantastic, dude, because you're usually... Do, do the side. Do the side. What? The John Bernthal side. I don't remember it. it. Oh, well, I know the one he did in Walking Dead where he used to go, like, he used to go like this. He'd go... Like Rick, yeah, I'll, I'll go Rick here, would be like, up, "Hey, right, Shane, we can't do this," and he'd go like this. Ready? Wait, this camera? Yeah, well, you know this one? He go. Yeah, he go. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in this one, like, he doesn't play like that tough kind of guy. Because every movie he's in, he's great, but he kind of plays a sort of the same character. But in this one, he plays yeah. like, "Hey, what's going on? What are we doing, huh? Wait, really? Well, Richard, you told me." You know, he's kind of like he's almost a little bit like Sam he's Rockwell like a, in like Iron Man too. He's kind of like he's like, listen, I, you kind of told me that uh, she would be ready to play, ready to play. Like he, he's very, he's kind of like a kind of a meek kind of guy. Okay. Anyway, all right. yeah, this is a great movie. Everybody, everybody, I think people should see this one. Um, Wait, did you take Will, a shot for this one? I can't remember. No. Will I, mean, I would let you go. Will too. Will Smith win Best Actor for this? No. Do I think he should? Probably no. not. I think somebody else is better. 
Who's nominated? That, who, who is it? Who I'm going to tell him when we get to the movie. Um, All right, so the next movie. Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, wait did you rate it? Eight. Trademark it. Trademark it. Trademark it. Yeah, I... I, Um, what? No, I don't know. I'd watch the movie, but I'm not too excited as I was when the trailers were out. All right. Fair enough. Um, Next movie is Licorice Pizza. Oh, here we go. Uh, the budget for this was forty million dollars. Can you explain to me before, like, why you were so excited to see this? Paul Thomas Anderson wrote and directed it. Okay, he, he's my, probably one of, he's probably my favorite director, um, living director at least. What makes you? What? Why is he your favorite? Because I think he probably has like the best and like the starkest, mo- most unique sense of style and tone anybody All else right. has ever done. Um. And also, his movies are never cliche. They're always like extremely unique. Um, that's the most succinctly I can put it. But this movie, Licorice, fuck, Licorice, Licorice Pizza, fuck. Licorice Pizza, two thousand twenty-one, rated R, two thousand thirteen minutes, comedy, drama, romance. The story of Alana Kane and Valley, uh, the of, of Alana Kane and Gary Valentine growing up, running around, and going through treacherous, treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley in nineteen seventy-three. He's done eight movies or nine movies, and I think six. Six of them, or eight, or seven of them, have, have taken place in the San Fernando Valley. So he's oh, he's very local. Local. He's 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 able to like find stories in the same place that are totally different, sort of. Um, but this movie, uh, ninety on Metacritic. I mean, everybody. It, this got nominated for best picture, director, and screenplay. Everybody knew that this was gonna get because Paul Thomas Anderson. He's kind of like whenever he makes a movie, they kind of just give him Oscar, uh, Oscar nominations. He hasn't won one yet, but um, this movie. Um, it's kind of like a, uh, this, like I said, like I said with drive my car, this movie also feels like a book where it, like same thing with his, his previous movie. Give us the log line. I just did. Oh, I always, why do you, out. how, I what are you blank doing? Out on those. I always blank out. Cause I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about something you said about it. All right, shut up. And then I go back. The story of Alana Kane and Gary yeah, Valentine right. growing up and running around and going through treacherous, nav- the treacherous navigation of first love in the San Fernando Valley. In 1973. Yeah, that's right. And this is like along up. the lines of uh, like American Graffiti or something. It's kind of like a hangout movie where it, and it and it feels like it almost unfolds like a book the same way as one of his previous movies, Inherent Vice, does. Where it's like, all right, here's let's go, let's go on this little sequence. Let's go on this little tangent. There's there's one sequence mm-hmm. of the movie where it takes place during the the gas crisis of uh, that took place like somewhere in the 70s. So like it's like the whole the whole city is like out of gas basically, and it is absolutely fantastic. The be- it's Absolutely the best like of thing of a movie I've seen this year. Maybe maybe just log lines are just shitty. Well, th- like, this log line fucking... is well, this log line isn't that great because he could just tell say whatever it's about. But it's ba- it's basically a hangout movie where it's these two characters. You see their relationship. They cu- they kind of meet, and you see their relationship kind of fluctuate and go back and forth between. Oh, um, you know. Gary has all the power here. She has all the power here. Oh, they're not interested anymore. She's not interested anymore. No, wait, they're both interested. Now they're not. And you kind of see this play out while it's almost like it's almost like the town is the main character, and their story is contained within like shortcuts, sort of. Yeah, but it's not. It's with shortcuts. It's not like eight different story. It's their storyline. Yeah, but you kind of just see them kind of meander through this town, and they kind of go through all these little detours, and it's really fun. And I could see why it kind of that might. Deter some audience, like broad audiences because they want to see like a clear cut movie, and this one kind of like hangs out too much. But um, 
Let me see. The lead, the two leads are really good. Cooper Hoffman, the, uh, who plays Gary Valentine, is Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. And I think he's 15 or 16 in real life. And then the girl is Alana Heim from the band Heim, which Paul Thomas Anderson does the music videos for. And they're both really fantastic. And I thought Alana or one of them should have been nominated for an acting thing. Um, but the one thing I was kind of disappointed about, you look very disinterested in this. You're looking around like a fucking idiot. I'm pretty sure I have ADHD. Okay. Um, but uh, the one thing, I, I, I think this is a great movie, but I think it doesn't, for me, it doesn't hit as well as, as his other movies in terms of, like, its characters is because, like, you know, I've, like, I don't really find young people around our age, like, that sad, like, that interesting in movies except for, like, Peter Parker and, and Tobey Wire Spider-Man. But, like, everything else, I'm like, I don't really Really? Care. Yeah, I don't really. Um, but, um, but also, there's, get the, there's been two controversies. Okay. Around this movie. And one of them is the age gap of the two oh, leads. No. So Wait, Cooper it? Hoffman plays a 15-year-old who, like, eventually gets to, like, 17 in the story. And then Alana Heim plays, like, a 23 to 25-year-old. And mm. um, and the whole thing is, like, they're they're not in a – it is a love – like, a romance, like, a love story. But it's, they don't spend, like, the whole entire movie, like, smooched and stuff like that. It's very – you know, it's kind of – it's very flirtatious and stuff between them a lot of the times. But, you know, obviously it's up for interpretation. It's all, you know, it's all subjective. But I think the way the movie presents it isn't, the movie isn't presenting it in a. Wait, did they like kiss or anything? Spoilers. Because this sounds pretty, it does sound pretty controversial. Yeah, but you, yeah, I'm not, yeah, but I'm not saying it, it isn't. Okay. But the, the whole point is the way the movie presents it, it doesn't present it as a good and bad. It, it presents you, it, the movie, pre- the movie shows it and goes, okay. I, like I you have to make a decision. Yes, it doesn't. It presents it complete, completely object, like objectively, basically. There's no. It doesn't try to sugar, sugar, sugar coat it. People argue that it does, but I don't think it does at all. Because the way it ends, I think, I, I think is a is a, I think it's a very subtle way of saying like this is kind of like a sad story almost. But um, and then there's another controversy where a character does a does a, a an Asian accent. Oh no, a white guy, right? And he does like a. I'm not, look, don't get, shut up. I'm do, I'm have to do it. To, he goes like a dang dang, dang like the, one of those things. Okay. Because one of his one of his, his wife is uh, yeah. is Asian, and people got upset about that, which is like okay, there might be an argument to that scene, but I think the whole point of that scene is that she the Asian lady isn't the butt of the joke. He is because he's an idiot. The, the way it's presented, he's yeah, the butt yeah, of that exactly. joke. But I mean, th- and then there's other points to that scene where it's like, oh, so, well, she doesn't rise above the stereotype. It's like okay, maybe that's true. But anyway, there's just two controversies. Those are the two controversies around it, but I do think it's the most stylistically successful movie of the, that I've seen this year. Um, How would you rate it amongst his other movies? There'll Be Blood, Phantom Thread, uh, The Master, Inherent Vice, um, Boogie Nights. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're waiting. You're having a hard time. Licorice Pizza. Magnolia, Hard Eight, Punch Drunk Love. Man, Punch Drunk Love was his favorite. How dare you? Whose favorite? I'm kidding. Anyway, I think people should see this movie. How much do you think it made? Did um, it make under? Did it make under or over fifteen million? It made over. I have to look. Actually, <laughs> you don't even know. I was gonna guess it made under thirty. Um, that's like I was thinking, but. I could see it making 20. 17, fuck. 
Yeah, just fill that no, up. I'll put it on my, no, I'll put it on my tab for Morbius. I've taken two and a half shots for Morbius now. What's my rating for this? My rating for this. I like how you eight, answered eight a point, question I didn't even ask. 8.3 8. out of 10 for licorice pizza. 8.3 out of 10? I would really recommend people really? to go seeing it, especially well, if it's controversial because I think you, people should see controversial movies. What would you rate There Will Be Blood? 10. And the one under that? Uh, Phantom Thread? Yeah, like yeah. Like low nines is probably like that. Okay, I'm trying to gauge where you how you rate them. Yeah. All right, so you said 8 point what? 8.3. 8.3. Out 8. of 10. Let me see if I missed anything. Sounds main character. Yeah, it's really fun. It's like the, the, the characters they've run into is, are really fun. It's based off of a guy who knows this, this producer, Gary Getzman, and a lot of his stories and stuff like that. Oh, uh, what's next? Next is Nightmare Alley, which I just watched. Like literally. That looked pretty cool. Yeah, this is Guillermo, this is Guillermo del Toro's uh, follow-up uh, from to The Shape of Water. I've never seen that. I wanted to see it, though. I wanted to see Shape of Water. And by follow-up, I don't mean a sequel. I just mean, like, his next movie. Um, but it kind of feels like the same. It kind of feels like a brother movie or, like, a sister movie to a Shape of Water because it kind of feels similar, even though they're completely different genres. But this is one of those movies where people are like, oh, this is, you know, visually gorgeous. And it's like, yeah, sure, but it's kind of like... Oh, like The Green Knight. Did that get anything? No, it didn't get nothing. Really? But um, Nightmare Alley. Also, this is another... Um, day and date really. I think this is was this a day and date release because it's on HBO Max. No idea. I couldn't tell you. I don't think. It may, no, maybe it just because this is actually a a Fox. Uh, studios, so it's technically owned by Disney, but it's on HBO Max because it's There's rated a lot R. of stuff on HBO. It's Max rated R, maybe, but. Disney. Um, but the Nightmare Alley. This is actually a re uh, a remake of a 1947 movie called Nightmare Alley, but the 19. This is actually. It's it's the second movie based off this book, Nightmare Alley, that came out in 1946. Is like a psychological kind of movie. Sort sound, of, sounds sort like of, it. yeah. So, well, yeah, actually, but so what it is? Here, go ahead. I'll remember the so log a, line. A grip. Well, this is actually I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. A grifter working his way up from a low-ranking carnival worker to lauded psychic medium matches wits with a psychiatrist bent on exposing him. Exposing him. Let me see, because he's like obviously like a, he's out. a huck, he's like, a huckster. Let me see if the logline. No, it's the same thing for uh, IMDb, but um, it stars Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman, it's James Traynor. Ron Perlman. Um, but uh, this movie, I didn't write down any notes for this because I literally just watched it. But um, did you enjoy yourself? Yes, I enjoyed it a lot. This movie, I farted. I farted again. Why? I just it twice. But oh my gosh! Um, but this movie it starts out like the way it's shot. I'm like, okay, this is a, like a, like Shape of Water again, and it has like a very distinct like st- uh, like style and feel to it. And a lot of it's like kind of like it's like okay, I get it. It's like this period piece, and it's kind of what what uh what decade? Forties, uh, and um, it's kind of it start it starts out, and I'm it's like oh this look all. Look how mysterious this is. And I'm like, okay, let's get through this. But like the more that feeling of kind of like hesitancy I had towards it kind of went away the more and more I got into it. And I asked, and because the movie just keeps you, you're, you're basically just watching this character like slip into like this kind of. You know what it reminded me uh, of? The, the, you're watching him descend to like this terrible, inevitable conclusion. It reminds, like, I didn't see any of it, but like the posters and trailers and stuff kind of remind me of uh, Reminiscent. No. Not even the tone. And also, you're talking about reminiscence. I mean, they're both noirs in some sense. This is a... Like, even this the, co- is the color palette looked the same. I guess. 
maybe. But this feels way like the lighting in this is way more, way more golden age Hollywood. This is way more golden age Hollywood than Reminiscence. Reminiscence is much too mo- like feels way too modern for them to be comparable. I think I get what you mean because they're both noirs. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. maybe I, it, that was a, that was a low hanging fruit though. What? Like I was like, hey, this noir looked just like that noir. Like uh, no shit, it did. Yeah. Well, but but, but um, I think Bre- the ca- the cast is really good in this. Bre- it has a weird structure where it's kind of like the movie's kind of split into two halves. Same thing, a little similar to what happens in Drive My Car. Around the same frat, like you know, point in the mo- in the movie, they kind of, the story kind of changes, and I think both are just as interesting. But I really like that, like you're watching this whole movie, and Guillermo del Toro has like these theme, like the like a, like you know, familiar themes he explores in all of his movies. But like, oh, like what is a monster? That type of thing. And this one has a really cool twist in it, and I like. But I like about this one because you know it's Guillermo del Toro, and you know that something's gonna happen. But the whole movie, you're left guessing, like, okay, is this what is this? Is this like, is this going to be like supernatural? Is this going to be like a like a slasher type thing, or like, what's the thing? What's the crux of this whole story going to be hinging on? Like, what yeah, concept, you know what I mean. I'm trying to figure that out when you said the the fucking log line, right? So you don't know what the what's going to be the ba- like, you know, what's going to be behind it all. And then like, there's a certain point in the movie where you get it, and you're like, oh shit. And then the way it unfolds is is ends up being like absolutely fantastic. I really enjoyed it because once you get past like the beginning for me, I don't know why the beginning was so rocky to me, but um, is there a voiceover in this movie? No, no. But um, what else can I say about this movie? Sixty million dollar budget. Sixty million—that's a lot. Yeah. But well, it was coming off Shape of Water, which is a fifty million dollar budget, so he can basically do whatever he wants. Um, has really bad CGI fire in it in the first scene. Which I didn't like, and I was kind of maybe that maybe that soured me because I'm like, why does that look so bad? I don't know. Um, let me see what else. I mean, over I th- I thought it was I really enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if I have anything else to say, but I definitely recommend people see it because I like. What do you think is more important in a movie, the opening scene or the ending scene? The ending. The, the ending. Well, especially for like test audiences because that's the the last scene you remember. Because if a mo- like you can watch the best movie of all like the famous thing in test screens like you can watch the best movie of all time but if they don't like the end that's why studios are they're never like the studios are never like hey let's change the opening it's always let's change the ending because I think for an example the the Batman's ending scene was pretty bad but the opening was so fucking good that I did, I don't even think about the ending we didn't talk about that. What do you mean? In your review for it. You gave it a 10 out of 10. You said it was so bad. No, like, the ending scene out of like was, was bad. Like, the... I don't want to spoil none, but, like... Well, it's out three weeks now. Okay, the, like, the Joker shit was so bad. Um, yeah. But the that's opening, that, yeah, the opening scene was the best opening to any superhero movie we've ever gotten. Well... I... I opinion. Maybe opinions, you're right. Opinions. I haven't thought about that enough. Anyway. Um, but, how much money do you think this made? All right, Box let's do it. Ones. Let's do it. I'm ready. Ooh... Sixty million dollar budget. It can actually. It actually opened against Spider Man, so they did some some uh, counter programming. Did this movie make uh, uh, under or over fifteen million? Under over fifteen. Yeah. Over. Wrong. It made eleven. It opened. Right. This movie had a sixty million dollar budget, and it opened to two point eight. Actually, that's actually a good. You made that's a good compare because let me see reminiscence. I think Reminiscence also had a sixty million dollar budget. Damn, I'm I'm a genius. I'm actually a smart person. Believe it or not, when we stop recording, Jesus Christ, Johnny usually is like, "Mark, you're like really good oh, at this," man. and I wish I could live up to your potential, dude. 
Nightmare Alley got 13, 38 million worldwide and 11 domestically. Reminiscence, $60 million movie opened with 1.9 domestic, 1 million domestically, and it ended up making 3.9. It's a total Oh, run. that's depressing. 11, uh, 15 million worldwide. Jesus Damn. Christ, man. Can you imagine? That's a good movie. Can you, like a, someone a that made movie. a... Oh, I didn't text Caleb. Like then. someone that made a... Uh, like a... a an independent film on YouTube would have got more views than that movie did. Yeah, maybe. Like, it's weird. It's um, weird. So, Nightmare Alley, my final score. So, would you see this? Um, I don't know if it's my HBO cup of tea. Max. I don't know if it's my, right. my cup of tea. Okay. I mean, like, I I wouldn't say no to watching it, but I wouldn't choose it. If I had a tr- choice, I wouldn't choose to watch right. this. Okay. Um, seven, seven. Seven, seven, seven? <laughs> 7.7 7 out of 10. Okay, what's That's next? Like, oh, it's fucking ten thirty already. What the hell have you been doing? I got here at eight. All right. Um, <laughs> Did you next, get here at eight? Yes, I got here exactly at eight o'clock. Yeah, it's true. All right, let's do it. What's next? Next is oh wait, what? That one burned. Kind of oh, tastes like okay. Uh, so here we go. The next one is power. Yes, the power of the dog. This movie, I think, is the best out of all of them. Okay. This okay. movie, Power of the Dog. Oh, wait, let me look it up. Is there a dog involved? Shut up. I bet there's not. No, this movie it was directed, written and directed by Jane Campion. Campion, Campion, Campion. She's a, uh, I think, from New Zealand. Um, she's done a lot. She's like a very notable director and stuff like that. Power of the Dog, 2021, 206 minutes long. It's a drama romance western. Uh, charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife uh, and her son, uh, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Sounds like your life, Johnny. What are you talking about? The possibility of love. I don't know what you mean by that. Anyway, um, continue. Anyway, uh, it was based off a book by Thomas Savage, and uh, it was on Netflix. It was released on Netflix, so it didn't. There's no box office stuff, so you you get a pass. It was nominated for twelve Oscars. Oh no! Yeah, no wait. Yes. Okay. So, um, I thought. Let me f- if I can find my notes. My notes for it somewhere, which they better be in here. I swear to God, I took notes on this movie. Is that your notes from all year? Did you write all those today? No, these are no. This is all year. These are all the movies I've seen. I did not do notes on Power of the Dog. Damn it. Anyway. Okay. Go ahead. If the Oscar for Best Actor does not go to Benedict Cumberbatch this year, I'm going to be pissed. I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom, but I think right, I good. think Benedict Cumberbatch should definitely get it, dude. He, he, like I was, I watched so when I watched this, I watched True Grit after it, so I watched another western after it, and I couldn't stop thinking about his character. Like he just he the stare he has and the presence he has on screen is so intimidating, and you you don't think of him as a cowboy. He's like this weird, you know, weird. Mold, mel- melty-faced, like, what? English guy. Okay. And he's, like, and then he's going around being, like, I'm a cowboy. You wouldn't think <laughs> it's a, a good cowboy. fit. And it kind of takes a little, fe- like, a few lines to get used to, but he's absolutely fantastic in this movie. Is his accent good? Yes. And the score is really good. It was that The score was by Johnny Greenwood. He did uh, a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. He did the score to There'll Be Blood. And, um... And, and obviously, everybody's great in it. In the first 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, this is a little pretentious and stuff like that but there's like it has like a really the, the way people walk there's a certain thing that this movie does like just like showing people walk around is like the most like entertaining thing ever like the first time you see 
um, um, are they Benedict like Cumberbatch character? No, 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 no. Just like the way they hat, like they st- like style everybody's walk. Like they're all walking like cowboys and stuff, and like the way it's shot and it kind of. It's just like this rolling thing following them along this landscape, and it's just it's like yeah, obviously you have to see it to just like understand. But it's and you love westerns, right? Like that's yeah, your thing, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, I like westerns. But um, it's so weird because that's like such a slept on genre, you know. Well, re- well, you know, since like basically since the seventies. Yeah, because west. Yes, but yeah. I think this mo- I think this movie, along with Belfast and Drive My Car, Power of the Dog, has the best chance of winning Best Picture, which would I think I'm pretty sure would make it the first western to win Best Picture since. Uh, Unforgiven, but also this isn't really a typical western. This is the only thing it has going for it that's a western. It's like oh, it involves cowboys, but it takes place, and I forget where, but in, in 1920, and it doesn't really have a lot of the uh, conventions of the genre except for like everybody. Everybody talks about this movie like, oh, it's about toxic max- masculinity and stuff like that, and all these very like whatever things. I'm like, okay, that's not what it really what it was about for me. Like I don't know anything about that, but. Um, it's kind of in the same sense of like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. It does. It's kind of an anti-Western where you think it's going to follow the conventions of the genre, but it doesn't. Like the story doesn't unfold into something you've seen in a Western before. Really, it's more of just like a drama that happens to take place in a Western-esque setting. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's absolutely fantastic. The, and there's a lot of sequences in it where it's very sparse on its dialogue. You said, you said it's on Netflix. Yes. And you should watch it right now. But it's very sparse in its dialogue, so it usually it just lets the visuals tell the story. And there's one scene involving instruments that I think is like the best directed, one of the best directed things of the year. Um, what else is there? How many movies have you watched this year so far? What in 2022? Yeah, 2022. Like a little over 50. Like that's crazy to me. I've I've, I I did 300 movies in a year one year. I got close to I, 365. If we're talking about new movies, I've probably watched. Only the ones we've seen for screenshots this year. Yeah? Yeah, like, I don't... I don't... I, st- yeah. I, I don't started The Green Mile and then just didn't finish it. I haven't watched that many new movies this year, uh, lately. I, like, 2018, I saw everything. But, um... I w- if I had to rate this... This is the only movie I thought... This is the only 2021 movie. Technically, Spider-Man gets that, but that that gets that because Toby was in it. Yeah, but um, but th- but like that's that. Be, I think this is obviously a better movie. This the, the last like kind of end, the ending of this kind of feels a little bit like okay, ooh, a little cliche. But I would give this a nine point out of ten. This is the this is the only amazing movie I've seen this year, other than the Spider Man. Amazing. From, it's from twenty twenty one. Okay, that's like I, I think it's like, phenomenal or amazing. I was like Spider Man, Batman, Dune. Like no, 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 no. Twenty twenty one movies. Yeah, that's why I got confused. Batman is twenty twenty two. And Dune, yeah, no, I, Dune, I gave it eight point four. Yeah, I got confused. But yeah, this I thought this was absolutely phenomenal, I, and I think this should probably get the Oscar for Best Picture. Really, Sam Elliott. Sam, Sam Elliott criticized it recently, and he's like sort of half right and half wrong. But like at the same time, like people are like, "Oh, this is because people." It's been criticized like this wasn't what the West was, or like it t- says it's what this is what the West was about, but it was like I know it's like this is just a perspective on like a part of the West. Like it's not saying this giant, you know. I think westerns are so cool because just, like, the implication of, like, what it means. Like, when westerns were a thing, like, it's almost like Manifest Destiny, like, never ended, yet there was, like, cars and office buildings in New York City at the same time. Yeah. Like, it was, like, they were, like... Well, to some sense. Yeah, like, at at a certain point. And so it's, like, like, there was, like, wild shit. There was the Wild West, and no one knew how to, like... 
you know, hold this stuff like together in the West. Like we need police, we right. need law and order. Meanwhile, they're like businessmen in like the the East Coast and like in England and like like right. it was just so bizarre. Well, I think that's why they're that, like why that is it's it's like a time period in a setting that's fascinating enough to like lend its own genre because like it's this weird pocket of existence in this time where it was corn- it's sort of like that romantic time before like where the like the uh before regulation and rules come around before it's like almost like in it's the like, industrial revolution right it's like it's like when you're like when you're you know that cliche of like uh like, i don't know how because they, they do that in the do they do it in the great waldo pepper it's like in be, in the night like after world war 1 you could just fly around with the plane because there was no structure there was no yeah. system so it's kind of like that romantic time before like you know your parents kind of say wag your finger and go oh you can't do this anymore can you imagine doing and that i man? think it's a really really interesting you know setting but that's, this, it, that's this, does so cool. it, this does it justice in some sense it's i don't care that it's a it doesn't adhere to the convention of the genre and it's kind of like an anti-western because even if it's an anti-western it's still a perspective that gives you know it kind of adds to the the Western mythos, so I like it. Um, the next movie and the last one is West Side Story. I love West Side Story. Did you like you love this this the spe- I'm not Spielberg saying I, I'm not saying I love the. I don't think I've ever like given a ten out of ten to any um, iteration of West Side Story, whether it's li- like like a play or a movie. But I I like young love stories. Right. Okay. So I'm just saying I I got, I like the West Side Story story. I'm I don't know right. I don't really know how I'd rate the movie. All right, so West Side Story, two hours and thirty six minutes long. Um, it's a crime drama musical romance, uh, an adaptation of the 1957 musical. West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs off of off different of different uh, ethnic backgrounds. And uh, I really, li- I actually really like this movie. I don't typically like uh, musicals, and I usually when I watch musicals, I'm like, all right, let's just get back to the, like the regular movie stuff. Like I don't really care about this dancing and stuff. But in this, the dancing was so satisfying. There's one. What was the one when they're in the police station? That was my oh, favorite yeah. song. Officer Crumb. Yeah, yeah, Officer. Blah blah blah. blah. I li- I like that one a lot. But I thought this was a really good movie. Um, Do you think it was cast well? Yeah. Sure. Well, yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really remember it that well, but I, I, everybody was pretty good. I think. I think it's funny how you know they they have these uh, movies like Romeo and Juliet and West Side Story with like these basically gangster movies, but they they cast skinny white boys. It's just funny. You no, know? dude, this is every it was great. I, remember that scene with Ansel Elgort when I'm not gonna say what it was, but she like she tells him like what happened or what allegedly happened, and he goes yeah. like he's like. Oh. Like he does well, even though face. like the That's other so sides are Spanish, I'm just saying. Like, I, okay, okay, um, I can't remember Elgar. What's his first name? Hansel. Hansel. His best friend in the movie was just clearly like probably like a really good ballet dancer, and the studio was like, "Get him. He's a good actor, good good ballet dancer." But like, I can't picture him being like intimidating to anybody. So Talk it's about just the ginger guy. I don't. I don't know what color his uh, hair was. But like, even like when you go see a play, like whether you're at of school or you go to like Broadway, it's like, oh yeah, there's a. A skinny five, five like that's me. I was a five right. five skinny guy playing this really intimidating character. I think it's funny. Yeah, and then, yeah. This I like. I like this movie a lot. It was very visually striking, and I thought the 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 it, the story didn't lose. Any, like usually in musicals, the story gets kind of light for me, like it, in terms of like its impact. But I think the story was very heavy still. Like I watched I watched Les Miserables, and I'm like, 
This whole that. thing, I sat through that a few weeks ago. Was it good? No. You like it. I don't like musicals. I watched well, my mom. That's different. My mom likes it. My mom loves them. Uh, uh, loves uh, Les Mis. And I watched it the first thirty minutes, and then like all this weird stuff. And then I, I'm like, I don't. I wouldn't consider rough. that might the genre might be musical, but I wouldn't consider that a musical. We just saw West Side Story. Let's see how we all liked it. Oh, it's just I don't have it for best picture. Imagine if life was that all the time. Chill out. That would be terrible, dude. Anyway. Yeah. But. I, uh. Yeah, I, f- I don't know why I can't. I this, I should be definitely be saying more about this movie. I it did I, I did like how it fit. I do like how they made it for like a modern. It fit in for like modern. Cl- I do like that. How they it's like updated. I'm just waiting for the. But it didn't lose any. Do a new one. Huh? Yeah. You think it'll, ever, it'll be directed think, by the next next Steven Spielberg. Do you think they'll ever do another live action Romeo and Juliet? I don't know. I don't care. Okay. Thanks for humoring that question. <laughs> Um, what did I give this out of 10 on the podcast? Do you remember? I don't know. Well, okay. I gave Shame it like a on 7. me. 5. We recorded this episode. That episode it was a great episode, and I wasn't able to post it. Wait, you never posted it? I never posted that episode. Why? Because by the time, there was so much going on. I think that was a time where, like, what do you, what do you, what do you? You like? never posted that episode. I never posted that episode. That's the only episode that I ever couldn't get out. So the time. ones, the one episode that Sarah did, she wasn't, she, she does she know? <laughs> Probably not. If I didn't know, are you fucking kidding me? Well, can How I did explain I not? myself? Yeah, go explain yeah, The reason why you didn't sure. know is because you're a bad co-host. Yeah, so, sure. so the reason why I couldn't do there was so much podcast shit going on that there was too much to edit, and I had to I had to say, okay, what's more of a priority than the other? And I had to let that one go. And I could have ed- finished editing it, but by then it would be like two or three weeks old. Ridiculous. I, I'm a one-man show. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You come over here, y- eat my food, yell in my house. I didn't eat any food then, today. And then you're like, I didn't ridiculous. Eat any, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't eat, I don't eat any food That's disgusting. Despite okay. the burp. Well, let's, do the the, let's do the thing. What? The m- money thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Here. So the budget for this was $100 million. I'm getting a headache, by the way. Why? I got to eat something. You go eat something fatty. All right. So the the budget was a hundred million dollars. Uh, did it make under or over forty million domestically? Under thirty eight. Yes, you. It opened. Suck. It opened with ten. You have to take three shots at the beginning of the more of Morbius. Good. You sick oh, fuck. This is gonna be so fun, dude. Please, everybody, if you for the two people still watching, please go watch the Morbius one because I'm. You so gotta like promote it or something. Well, well, I'll try to do the live. Well, yeah, you never promoted the Batman. Yeah, I did. I don't. I don't want to spend the money on it All right. because there'd be so many people. There'd be there would be so many people uh, reviewing that that it wouldn't have been worth yeah, it. That's true. Um, we're gonna try the live stream for Morbius because I gotta get that fixed oh, up. No. <laughs> um, be fu- oh no! Oh, it's gonna be so funny, and I'm gonna take three shots like right at up the beginning. Front. You're three full, like three full ones, three full shots. Because you just got two on the tab. That's so good. Okay, seventy-five million worldwide. It made so it bombed. <laughs> You're so screwed. So hold on, let me see. So uh, five you of the know? five of the, so ten were nominated. Five of them are available on HBO. Max. Wait, okay, good question. Can I wait? You can I finish the yeah. whole point of that whole fucking sentence? No, I don't really care. Ten movies were nominated, and five of them are on HBO Max. So Warner Brothers did all right in that sense, but other than that, my question, excluding Licorice Pizza, which one's your favorite? Was it the Western? No, I I no, I liked Power of the Dog more than Licorice Pizza. Oh, did you really? Yeah. That's surprising. Is that it, though? What are, is that all we got? Yeah, it's all of them. Wow. I also uh, say uh, Best Director. Gene Campion should probably win for Best Director. Um, 
Best Actress. Haven't seen any of those. I saw Spencer the other day. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. Benedict Cumberbatch should win Best Actor. Cinematography should go to Dune. Production design. Dune. Visual effects, Dune. Production design, Dune, really? Best original song, No Time to Die. Best makeup and hairstyling. I don't know. I haven't seen any. Um, best film editing. I haven't seen Tick, Tick, Boom. Best supporting actor, Serene Hines, 100%. This is just dead air. I love it. Best original, <laughs> okay, best original, best original screenplay, uh, Licorice Pizza. Best adapted, uh, Power of the Dog. Yeah. All right. Let's, best um, original score is Dune. No, Power of the really? Dog. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Power of the Dog. Best actress in a supporting role. Should be the girl from um, West Side Story, uh, Ariana DeBose. That's it. That's it. I don't have a recommendation, by the way. Yeah, because you just named no one fucking. Yeah, you just named so many movies that everyone has to see for the first time now. Screw it. How about <laughs> go yeah. see Green Book? I'm the only one. I'm the only guy who liked Green. I saw that movie twice in the theater. I don't know that. Greg won Best Picture in 2018. Bro, do you know who you're talking to? I just said, or see I, Parasite. Go see any. Go see any movie. I that just won said Best the first movie, the only new movie I watched. Bye this everybody. Year on my own was Green. Okay, bye everyone. Goodbye. I'll see you later. Thank you. <laughs> God.